Hi everyone, may peace be on you all and welcome to another episode of I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And this week, it's part two of my segment, Ask a Muslim. So last time I left off on after some questions, you know, regarding uh, Muslim women and certain misconceptions that are there regarding um, how Muslim women are supposed to be treated how they dress and all sorts of other details so if you haven't caught that please you know you can catch up on that on my part one of ask a muslim this week it's more generic question so i had other people ask me questions about the faith in general and i'm going to start up with that and my first question is by maria and she had a whole bunch of questions so i'm gonna start like try to answer them one by one. Um, her first question is, uh, I mean, the first part of her question is interesting because um, I've covered part of this in a previous Ask a Muslim segment, but I thought, you know, it didn't like cover all the things. So I thought I'm going to do it again. So she asks, um, how do you reconcile what Islam preaches and your own personal relationships? That is, Islam denounces homosexuality, um, uh, transgender people, but you have people you know and love in uh, that uh, fall within these groups. Do you ever feel like you wish the religion would get with the modern times? Or do you feel like you agree with these teachings for the most part? Now, um, here's the thing, Maria. I think um, a lot of people, like, they sort of get stuck when it comes to um, the topic of homosexuality um, and other things that um, are sort of commonplace um, in the Western world but are not in the Muslim world. And my simple answer to that is this. Um, When it comes to homosexuality, I've covered this before, that yes, um, there is, uh, I guess, popular agreement that it is not something allowed in Islam. But here's the thing. I I do have gay friends, and I'm not just talking about gay friends uh, who are, like, from the U.S. Um, When I was growing up, when I was in college, I had a friend who at that time he hadn't come out but you know you could tell that he was not straight but that didn't change my personal relationship with him he's still a good friend i mean and i've reached out to him and now he's finally come out and uh from the last time i had um talked to him i think he was you know in pakistan he was um with his partner and um that's the thing um i think uh again most people get sort of stuck on this But homosexuality, again, is not the only thing that is forbidden in our faith. I mean, you could put it in the same category of those who have uh, sex out of uh, outside of marriage, those who consume alcohol, um, any number of things, those who consume pork, all of these things by and large forbidden for us. But I don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily translate uh, in the islamic faith itself that you have a right to i guess um to really attack another person just because they are practicing something that is forbidden to you really it's it's a it's a matter of just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean that you're going to start a fight with somebody and that's how i've always taken it and in islam as well traditionally i mean when you go back into islamic history it's always been in an in an in an environment where it was surrounded by people 
and practices that were outside our realm, but it did not, it was not a means by which any wars or fights were started. And that is how it should be, that these things should not be a source of conflict in any, by any means for any Muslim. And that's how I see it. And again, um, I will, I probably should have put this disclaimer in the beginning, but <laughs> I am not a scholar, okay? So all of these are my opinions by and large. And if, if and here's the thing, I know a lot of people who are Muslims and who, uh, like I said before, I had a friend who's, who's from an Islamic family um, and he's gay. I know many people who, in Pakistan especially, that who were from Muslim families but consumed alcohol. Again, I didn't necessarily agree with them and I was not going to start a fight with anybody. It is a matter of faith and we are all, legit all of us, are struggling with our faith in one form or the other. For some, uh, our sins are more apparent than others but is not a reason to put down anybody or like point fingers at anybody at all. So that's how I see it. And when it comes to like getting with the modern times, um, I think, uh, again, uh, we have a very, very unusual standards for how we deem things to be modern or not. And I, I know where it comes from because a lot of religious conservatives, whether they be Muslim or not Muslim, they do have this tendency to stick to a certain mindset that no, it has to be done this way and it has can't be done any other way, so on and so forth. And there's a lot of rigidity to it. And those, those mindsets are then deemed to be anti-modern. And I'm not, I don't know if I can, um, you know, really deem it that way. I think what I, what I would see it is, is that being rigid and being more compassionate is, is how I see it. Anybody that I don't agree with, I should be compassionate towards, even if I don't agree with them. Because um, I think the only thing that I would define modernity in is technology. Really, um, when it comes to uh, ideologies, I think ideologies have more or less always been the same. They don't evolve. It's just that we have two different ways of practicing ideologies. Either you are very rigid about it, that you have no compassion for anybody who goes against it, or you do have compassion. And doesn't mean that you necessarily change your ideologies because of your compassion, but you do understand that there are other people who live life much, much differently than yours. And it's all right for it to be that way. That's what makes the world what it is. It is a different group of people that exist together and need to learn to exist together in peace. And I think that's what most of the wars are, are about because we just cannot really have any empathy and compassion for one another and we're just stuck in our own ideologies and we're like stuck in that mindset not only only us we're the only ones that are correct you know and that's again that's a very universal thing not just something that is for islam or muslims um and she uh, also asked uh, how are you finding raising your children in islam uh, in the U.S., is it challenging? Is it challenging for you to instill your religion in them, or are they happy to abide by it, even if their friends, for example, don't? Do you find people are more open and accepting as the years go by? 
Um, now that's interesting. I think I answered part of this in my um, last segment, but um, raising them in the U.S. Um, now, um, under you know, uh, raising them as Muslims in the U.S. now is much easier than what it was. Oh gosh, about forty years ago, than when my parents immigrated to the U.S. Because at that time, um, we didn't have such a large number of number of Muslim populations especially concentrated in certain cities uh, cities like you know in Texas there's Houston there's Dallas and all over the US even D- Detroit LA huge Muslim populations there are so many uh, masjids which are always a great place for Muslims to come together and um for us to be able to teach our children about Islam, I think it's fantastic. At 40 years ago, that was not the case. So it's definitely easier. I mean, it's it's not uh, it's not smooth sailing, but I think for, for the most part, we are very lucky now that we have these huge populations. Um, and as for their friends, um, I think um, there was a time that I struggled with my younger one uh, when he was going in public school. He goes to an ex- Islamic school right now, so a ma- majority of his friends are Muslims. But that that time, I remember that I used to struggle with my younger one because he always had this thing about wanting to do um, other religious festivities that, uh, like Christmas, and I was like, like. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that. And again, that was just my personal thing. I know a lot of Muslims who do Christmas, the whole Christmas tree as well. But um, it was it was a struggle at that time. But I don't necessarily consider that struggle bad. Because here's the thing. The way I see it, um, it was a learning moment for me and for him. Because we are not living in a Muslim country. There will be other people who practice many different things. But it helps... Uh, create more tolerance for that that yeah sure um, you don't have to partake in that but you have to respect it um, because it is part of somebody else's beliefs and somebody else's something that is very dear to somebody else so um, I I appreciated that that experience that I could impart that on my my son that you know it's okay if we can't but it's there and you if you meet somebody who's christian it's fine you know you can you can give them a present or say merry christmas it's fine it's there's nothing i mean i don't consider anything uh particularly bad about that so uh my next question is by amber uh she asks i would love to hear about medical bias towards muslims in the u.s and thoughts about culturally competent care that more providers should automatically consider if and, and that's such an interesting question um i've never even thought about that before but yeah um and here's the the very interesting thing about it um as a Muslim woman, our general preference is to, you know, see a female physician. Um, and that can be a, a little tricky. I mean, you get a lot of female OBGYNs. Um, but when it comes to, like, primary cares, we do generally have to, you know, search around a lot for a good female primary care. Um, and I think that's one of those things that I wish that was there. And I'll also clarify that this is not just a problem that we face in the U.S. I remember in Pakistan, we had very few doctors that were women. And I mean, I think that is so essential, especially not just because of religious uh, restrictions or anything of that sort, but also because as a woman... um, uh, it is easier to really understand the internal 
going on of another woman and that you know when we complain of of having pain or extraordinary pain it's not that we're exaggerating it's there and it's real but so and again i'm not saying that all male doctors are that way that's not what i'm saying but um as a woman you would understand what is the difference between a regular like period cramp and a period cramp that is like off the charts bad you know that sort of thing because there is a diff- difference not all period cramps are the same like i can tell you that for sure so um i think there needs to be more female doctors out there for sure and more i think also uh studies done on how the female body really works because i think i still think that medically um we do rely on a lot of outdated like medical research on the female body and it is like it's ridiculous really and i just like we need more women in the in the medical field please for the love of god um and as for medical bias um i think it's it's really interesting a lot of um doctors that i've come across when they see that i have the hijab on then i'm i'm muslim they do make it a point that the the referral they give to is usually a female doctor so they know and i am i re- really really appreciate that i think that's so fantastic and moving on to nicole's question um she said i would love to uh, learn more about holidays like islamic holidays Oh um so here's the thing we have you know certain times of the month that are uh, certain times of the year that are more significant for us um obviously Ramadan is one of them the the month of fasting it is the month in which the Quran was revealed so it is very special for us it's always been a very holy month uh, under Islamic tradition and at the end of Ramadan is our Eid al-Fitr that is our first Eid and that is and as I, as I explained it before it's it's like our christmas for the kids basically you know we dress in our finest we usually you know put on a lot of henna on our hands it's a very festive occasion new clothes new everything and i remember as as kids when i was growing up in pakistan we used to get money on that time so we would be collecting all the money and see who got the most loot that sort of thing and now since in the us it's more traditional to give gifts so that's what we do on eid eid al fitr especially we give gifts to the kids you know if you have relatives they'll send over gifts for your kids so it's a lot of fun it's it's a really you know wonderful festive occasion the second eid uh, is usually celebrated after the end of the hajj period um that is called the eid al adha and that um celebrates the end of the hajj which is a very holy ritual for us and it also marks the sacrifice by abraham of his son so uh, that is when we have the sacrifice of the animals and the sacrificial animals especially in the US we keep part of whatever has been sacrificed but most of the time it's donated to the poor and needy who need it the most and uh, again same thing for the kids we got lots of presents so you know that's always a great thing so those are the three major like holiday holidays and if i had to like put in another significant month it would probably be the 1st of muharram 
Um, the Muharram is the first month of the uh, Islamic calendar, so it's like the new year for in the Islamic calendar. So that I would put in that as one of the significant months for us. And uh, for those that might not know, uh, the Islamic calendar is also uh, based on the the lunar year, so it changes every year. So the first uh, first of the month is different every year, and we also have like twelve months. And the next question is by Holly. What are your favorite aspects of your religion or is there a ceremony or celebration that you're, that's your favorite? What expectations are put on you from your religion and does living in America have any impact on it? Like, does it make it better or worse? That's an interesting question, Holly. Here's the thing. Um, I don't uh, see only certain aspects of Islam. I think that's just how I am. I've always seen things in totality um, as a person. And for me, Islam, um, I've always had a deep uh, connection with God. And I I, I mentioned this in my first uh, segment that Islam helps me connect to God. And I have never found any aspect of it that has been in conflict with my desire to connect with God. And that's why it's always been my my source of comfort, you might say. Every aspect of it has always been my source of comfort. And as the years have gone by, I found that there's so many things that I did not even know about my own faith. Because, you know, a lot of these things about our faith become so intertwined with, um, I think, cultural things and really human biases. I'm just sitting here trying to remove all of that really unnecessary like layers that exist upon it. I don't work like that. I would just want to go deep into it so I can connect to God better. That's it. So that in that sense, uh, you know, Islam has always been my source of comfort. That's that's the best way I can put it. <laughs> um and then her second part was, what expects, uh, what expectations are, are put on you from your religion and does living in America have any impact on that? Again, <laughs> Holly, it's just that I don't... I think what people um, regard as expectations is more like uh, they're wondering about if we have restrictions and how do restrictions make our life harder. But I whatever restrictions we have... I don't see it as making our lives harder. Uh, Again, uh, this is entirely my opinion. They are there for a reason. And I, I see those reasons and it makes sense to me. Living in the U.S., uh, I think one of the big things that people have issues with, even Muslims, is our uh, restrictions on food, uh, like what we can eat. And really, there's only a few major ones that sort of conflict within the U.S. is the consumption of alcohol and pork, Um, really. A lot of people will go into the nitty-gritty and add a lot of other things. Um, And yes, it can be, um, I think when you're younger... It's a little overwhelming, especially when there is so much alcohol that is available freely. Um, Definitely those who uh, grew up here, Muslims that grew up here, I was not raised here, um, that do find it hard when they see that other people do it. And there is a curiosity when you're younger, you know, what it's what is it like? I do think that that is one of those things that uh, a lot of younger people here who are Muslims struggle with, really. 
And yes, I do think that once my kids get older, it might be a challenge for them too. But I think, um, and here again, a lot of even Muslims might disagree with me. It, the sin is not that you make the mistake, you know, it's that you don't don't realize that you've made the mistake. I think, or, or that you don't turn back from that mistake not expecting that my kids will be perfect or they won't make their share of mistakes but I'll be there to help them get back on track it's that it's as simple as that um the next question is by Brandy what are your thoughts on Christianity <laughs> I think um a lot of people and I think I need to clarify this a lot of people especially especially those who are Christians have a perception that we can never be in agreement with Christianity when it's the exact opposite. We have common traditions with Christianity and Judaism. Um, Jesus Christ, whom we refer to as Isa is a very central figure in our Islamic history. He is revered by us. Any, any and every prophet in the biblical tradition, Judaic tradition islamic tradition is revered by us and we have so much in common with christians that they i don't i don't think they're quite aware of it so um my thoughts on christianity is that yes we have disagreements but they are not as big as our agreements i'll just leave it at that so um, that ends all the questions that I have over here. I hope you guys enjoyed my little take on, you know, answering all the questions that I got. And again, I do this segment every year. If you have any questions or would just like to reach out to me, please do so. I'll again, put my email address in the show notes. Um, you can reach out to me via Facebook Messenger. Just you can search up I'm a Muslim and that's OK. Send me a message. I love getting mail. I've always loved getting mail. So send me mail. But until next time, you guys take care and may peace be on you all. Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five-star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.